Great, it's a great prayer and it goes really well with our scripture today. As you think about Christmas and we're looking at a scripture that is not Christmas, but is connected to Christmas. We're gonna be looking at Mark chapter Uh, Matthew, Mark, Luke, chapter 6. So if you want to open up your Bibles and be ready for the the guts of the message, it's on page 841 and 842. The question that we're going to start with is very simple. Many times when I come to pray to God, I come to God with a whole list, a whole list of needs. Can anyone relate to that? I come to God with, I want this, I want this, I wanna fix that. I want you to do this for me. When are you gonna do this? How are you gonna do this? I'm sick and tired of this problem. Will you change the problem, God? And so I come to God with these needs and it's like I'm knocking on the door. Sometimes I think God says, oh, here he goes again. Can anyone relate to that? What if, what if when we came to God, we changed things up a little bit? What if instead of asking God to do something for us, like we know exactly what needs to be done, what if we started with some humility and asked a question? This question could be a really dangerous question. It could be a dangerous prayer. Because as you'll see about this question, starting your prayer with a question, number one, is probably kind of odd. Starting your prayers to God, sometimes it's, it's, it's right and righteous to start with praise to God, and many Psalms do that. But what if we started with a question? And this particular question, hey God, could you tell me this about myself? Could you help me understand? I wanna know your view of me about this question. This question is this. If you had been one of the shepherds in the field at night and you saw the angels, and you saw the angels, would you have more faith? If you were one of those people that the Bible talks about that actually saw Jesus, actually saw Jesus as a baby in the manger, actually grew up and saw Jesus' miracles, would you have more faith? Would you have an abundance of faith? Would we we specifically ourselves have an abundance of wonder or would we not? If you started with, the disciples, and you looked at that in in Mark chapter six, and if you said, I wonder if we're gonna see something here. I wonder if we're gonna see something in ourselves. I wonder if we're gonna see something when we look outside the walls of this church. Because it all starts with faith, right? And we all know this if we're church going people, if we know this, if we're in a relationship with God, if you don't, then know that faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things unseen. And it's one of these muscles that God wants us to work. Show them your muscles, come on, show your neighbor your muscle. That's your faith muscle. 
God wants to work that faith muscle in you so that you can increase the capacity for what God's gonna give you, right? And so asking this question, hey God, if I had seen the miracles of you raising people from the dead or feeding the 5,000 or raising a little girl from the dead, would I believe? Would I have more faith or would I have less faith? We would automatically probably just probably answer, well, of course I would have more faith. But what if we gave God time to answer that question? What if we gave, gave, gave God time to say, hey, hey God, you know, I was just wondering if you would mind communicating to me something about myself. Could you, could you tell me, what is your view of my faith? Could you show me what, where I'm strong and where I'm weak? Would that be a dangerous question? Because you might not get the answer that you wanna get. I might not get the answer I wanna get. But I think it's a challenging question to start with. And when we start with ourselves and look inward, that's a theme for our message today. As we look at the disciples in Mark chapter six, as we look outside the walls of this church, I think we're gonna see a connection between our own selves, us as a church, and how we reach out to the world around us. But first of all, before we go there, here's kind of the state of affairs with what's happening outside the walls of the church. Because we need to know what's happening out there because it affects us, right? Did you know that um, this Harris poll found, found that um, adults say they believe in God down from 82% in 2005, 2007, and 2009. They say that less people believe in God. Fewer people are believing in God. And from that, specifically, uh, 57% of U.S. adults say they believe in the virgin birth of Jesus. 57%, down from 60%, in 2005, we could go all the way down to miracles. It's, it's, down, it's down from 79% in 2005 to 72%. So if we're affected by the world around us, and if we could establish the fact that outside of the church, that there is, there is a decrease in belief, right? And if there's a decrease in belief, the first connection that I wanna make a, um, a statement as to is that if we have a decrease in belief, then we have less ability to receive what God is gonna give us, amen? So if, if, we, if we can increase our faith, can, then God can give us more, does that make sense? So if we're gonna show up at the quarry and get 10 tons of rock, are we gonna show up with a five gallon bucket? Or are we gonna show up with a plastic cup? Or are we gonna show up with a dump truck that's ready and certified and ready to go down the road and get that 10 tons dumped into the truck and then you can go and take it where it needs to go? What if, what if we were to ask God, hey God, what is my capacity to handle faith? And if you were to really ask him to answer that question, it might be interesting. It might take a lot of prayer, it might take some work, it might take you getting into the scriptures to really fully answer that question. And to fully answer that question, 
is something simple as this. The sunrise this morning. The sunrise this morning, it was gorgeous. Did anyone else see it? A few of you did, yes. Now, if you, if you saw the redness and the purple and the pinks and everything, we know we had to be at a certain place and you had to be at a certain time, right? You had to be ready. You had to be looking out the right window or you had to be outside to see the sunrise. The same to see a miracle. Because if we don't get up at the right time, we're not gonna see the sunrise. If we don't look, if we're not, if we're not ready, if we don't have the right mindset, have you ever just ignored everything when you're trying to find something and then you don't see it and then you finally see it because someone else helps you see it? This is the same way with faith. If we don't have the right mindset, and this is why we're all here to get a better mindset so we can increase our faith. So the mindset, and then you gotta take action, you gotta look. And we, we gotta stop what we're doing and then we gotta look out the window and see that wonderful sunrise and take a moment, a five count maybe, is all I took this morning, to look at it and drink it in and say, hey, Cad, what do you have for me today? What do, you, what do you wanna give me today? As we look at this scripture and we look at the disciples here on, in, in, in Mark 6, page 841, the disciples, the disciples had just been sent out from Jesus. So this is, Take baby Jesus and fast forward 30 years. Jesus in full-fledged ministry and he's, and he's working with the disciples. He had just sent them out on a mission. He just sent them out on a mission and they said to him, right? I'll believe it when I see it, right? And he sent them out in groups of two because because that's how Jesus operates. He sends the disciples out in groups of two. He sends out, us out in groups of two. And then he sends out the whole disciples as a group, right? Just like our church. Sometimes we're together, sometimes we're alone. Sometimes we're in groups of two. And he had just sent those disciples out in groups of two. And what did they see? Well, they saw they saw amazing things. They saw God doing miracles through them. It says in verse 30 on page 841, the apostles returned to Jesus and told him all that they had done and taught. And then Jesus said, hey, come on by yourselves to a desolate place and rest a while. For many were coming and going and they had no leisure even to eat. And so they went away in the boat to a desolate place by themselves. And so here we see this pattern of God working where God does something, God does something and people see it and their faith are increased. And then guess what happens right after that? There's a challenge. So if we want to receive something from God, if we wanna ask God that question, increase our faith, God might show you something like this beautiful light coming through the window and then you'll see it and then you'll go, wow, God is doing something. Like if you go on a mission trip, a lot of times we're 100% focused on God and so we see more of God. And that's my prayer for you, Ben, as you go on the mission trip, that you'll see something that God is doing because you'll be expecting it, right? And so this is how God works. If, he, if, if, if he's going to increase our faith, which we want him to, right? 
will see something and then he'll give us a challenge. And what happens to the disciples? Exactly this. They go away in a boat to a desolate place by themselves. They're hungry, right? It says they're hungry. And we know what's gonna happen next, but all these people saw them going and recognized them. They went away in the boat and they recognized Jesus and the disciples. And it says uh, in, in verse 33, they ran there on foot from all the towns and got there ahead of them. And then they went ashore and he saw a great crowd. How big was the crowd? It was really big. And Jesus had compassion on them because they were like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Now we know the disciples were along for the ride. They were hungry. They were maybe even hangry, right? Hungry and angry at the same time because they were looking forward to a break. They were like, okay, we're getting to go on a vacation. Jesus is gonna take us to a desolate place and we're gonna be able to take a break. This has been really good, but hey, Let's take a rest. And Jesus has this way of showing up and saying, hey, these, these people are like sheep without a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. And then it grew late. So it's a long time. They were hungry already. Are they still hungry? Yes. And it grew late. His disciples came to him and said, hey, Jesus, I just wanna like, if you didn't know this is a desolate place, let me help you out here. They said, this is a desolate place and the hour is now late. Stating the obvious, send them away to go into the surrounding countryside and villages and buy themselves something to eat. Here we got the challenges coming. Do you see it coming? The, the disciples said, I can't do it. And even I won't do it. The solution was, we're gonna send these folks away. So they said they can't do it, they won't do it. And then what does Jesus say? Jesus says, you give them something to eat. And then they responded because they're still not seeing what God wants them to see. Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? This is a whole year's wages like $20,000, $30,000. Should we do that? Should we like take a loan, swipe a credit card and go get that much bread? It's really an argument, right? They've already made up their minds. We've already made up our minds many times before we come to God of what we think God is gonna do, what we think God wants to do with our life. We don't come to God with a question. We come to him with a statement that oftentimes does not have very great faith, right? This sounds like a reasonable solution. I think it sounds reasonable. Like there was, um, there was all these people. Let's see, let's see how many it says. Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give it to them to eat? And he said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they had found out, they said five loaves and two fish. Then he commanded them, to all, all to sit down in groups on the green grass. And so they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. And we know from the last verse that there was 5,000 men. You know what that means? There was actually about 12,000 people there. So 12,000 people, imagine that. 
12,000 people, it seems reasonable that you would tell all these people to go away. They probably have a few pennies. They can go get their own loaf of bread. But Jesus says, you feed them. So he commands them all to sit down in groups on the green grass. Verse 40, they sat down in groups by hundreds and by fifties. So Jesus is organizing the people. And so this is a pretty good count because we've got a group of hundreds and a group of fifties. And he took the five loaves and the two fish and he looked up to heaven and said a blessing and broke the loaves and gave them to the disciples to set before the people. And he divided the two fish among them all, and they all ate and were satisfied. And they took up 12 baskets full of broken pieces and of the fish. And those who ate the loaves were 5,000 men. What does this mean? What does this mean for us 2,000 years later? What does this mean for us in our, in our church? What shall we do? How do we take this Bible story that seems a long ways away, a long time ago, and not really applicable to our church? How do we learn from this? How do we ask ourselves the question, what do we do with this? What does this mean? What shall we do? Well, amazing thing is right here, this is a graphic from the census that there's, in the West Central Valley School District, how many people there? 5,608. If we would look at our church and say, on an any given Sunday, there's maybe, I would guess from the math I've done uh, with the other churches in town and talking to the other pastors, I would say maybe in the West Central Valley School District, maybe there's 500 people in church on Sunday. Maybe 500. What does that mean? That means there's over 5,000 people who don't have spiritual food to eat. Is that, is that a big number? Do you think we could feed them? Could we feed them? Could our church, maybe even partnering with other churches, could we feed them? What's the idea? I mean, 5,000 people, what, what first comes to your mind? Or a building isn't big enough. What else? oh, uh, we don't have that many people coming to our church. How are we gonna reach them? There's 5,000 people who maybe don't have a church home. And when we look at this and God says, hey, um, I wanna increase your faith. And if we, look at, if we look at three steps to seeing a miracle, the first step is being ready. The first step, after you ask yourself the question, because I think we all carry assumptions that there's no way that we could do that. But what if the first step in seeing a miracle would be readiness? That we could see that out of this place that we could be ready. You know, there's a pastor who came here in August and the first thing he said when he, when he pulled up into town is he said, your church has an amazing profile in this community. He, and he just prayed. He said, as I prayed for you, as I was, he was, he was driving around town. He came here on like a Monday night, he came from Pleasant Hill. His name is Pastor Gary Pilcher. And he looked at our church and he said, you guys have potential. You guys have potential to reach this whole school district. There's something about your church that's different. And I knew where the church was the minute I got off the interstate and I started to drive into town and I saw the bell tower. I knew that was it. 
So we hear, here we have someone coming in from the outside saying that we have potential, that there's people here that need to be reached. But we also have probably, us collectively, probably have a lack of faith that we could ever do that, that we could reach 5,000 people. Well, the second thing uh, after readiness is having a mindset. Now, now, when I look at the disciples and how they left, how they went away to the desolate place, they only had a few loaves of bread, right? And a few fish. They weren't exactly there for like a week or something like that. But God even took that little bit and multiplied that to feed over 10,000 people, scholars believe. That's amazing. Isn't that amazing? Yes. This is what the scripture says. And what if we could realize that we as a church, that's really our target, is the population in the West Central Valley School District that God wants to reach. And the third step after readiness and mindset is faith. And that requires action. And so before we even get to action, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to realize that we have to do an inventory of where we are personally. Where we are personally, because is this the church or is this the church? Is this the church or is this the church? Like you're at the optometrist, A, A or B? It's B because the church is the people. And if we're talking about the potential of the church, it's really not the building that we have, although this is a great building, it's a great launching pad to bless and reach this community. Uh, the church is you guys. Actually, the Greek word means sent ones. Just like Jesus sent out the disciples, so Jesus is going to send us. And if we're gonna reach this community, we could say, I'll believe it when I see it. We could say this, right? Or we could say, I'll believe it and then I'll see it. If we're ready, if we have the mindset, and if we take action, God can do amazing things through us. And this is, this is one of the parts that God says is one of the keys to increasing your faith. Obviously, being in the word and in prayer individually is a, is a, is a major key. But also, let me go around. But also us together. So as we take communion together, how we do it at our church is we hand out, we hand the tray down the aisle and you just take a little piece of bread and take a cup and then we'll take it together. And if you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you're willing, you're welcome. And if you're willing to take part in the meal, um, that's how we do communion here. So let's uh, pray for communion and then we'll read scripture as it's being handed out and we'll take it together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to face, to look forward into this new year, to receive your love and your grace, your forgiveness, and to receive an increase of faith. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. In 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 
23, Paul says, For I received from the Lord what I also delivered to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body, which is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way also he took the cup after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. It's a step of faith to take communion. It's a step of faith to pray. It's a step of faith to ask God questions. It's a step of faith to be patient and wait for the answers. And then it's a step of faith to take the answers that God gives you in prayer and then to take action as we're ready, as we're expectant, as we look to God for more, what God could do through us, through our church to bless this community. It's an amazing opportunity that we have right here as a church to reach out outside the walls and then to reach in in our own hearts and to flex that faith muscle as we pray and read scripture and ask God questions about ourselves that we can, we can grow. So if everyone's been served, I wanna invite you to take the bread and let's partake that together. And then to take the cup together. Let's pray the Lord's Prayer together. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever and ever. Amen. We'll stand and receive the blessing. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. And then may we all see those people that God has put in our lives that we can be a blessing for throughout the week as we go on our mission trips across the street and maybe across continents. Go in the peace of God and my prayer is that you would see an increase in faith in your life. All God's people said, amen.